to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. This is Monica, and I am back in sunny Southern California. I am back home. If you listened to last week's episode, I was in Florida last week visiting Ben and his family for his dad's memorial. And if you are new to me and all things Run It Repeat, Ben is someone that I married a long time ago and I think legally still married to, but not with. That is a work in progress. And I was visiting him and his family because obviously I don't have any friends or healthy boundaries. Not really. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that, but it is what it is, right? And I am very excited because this episode is full of very helpful information, which does not always happen here on the old RER podcast. So I'm very excited to be able to actually be helpful and informative for once. So in the show notes today at runningrepeat.com, I have a couple of different lists for if you are traveling for a half marathon or marathon, or really if you are traveling and going to run a race or run in general, you don't want to forget anything. It's not easy to randomly pick up your favorite sports bra or running shoes or whatever, right? We need our gear, especially if you're running a race. So you can check out the show notes for a couple of packing lists and reminders and tips. Today is focused on the Boston Marathon, but it kind of applies to a lot of different races outside of a couple of things that I'm going to note that are very unique and awesome about the Boston Marathon. But before I just jump into it, let's warm up. So today's episode is all about some tips for the Boston Marathon, a lot of pre-race morning tips and information. And the reason I'm talking about all of this is because I ran the Boston Marathon last year with the Highlands team. And I mentioned this in the past, they put together an all-female team in honor of the anniversary of Katherine Sitzer, the first woman to run officially. She ran with the bib. And it was super awesome. And in addition to kind of, you know, doing the whole training thing to actually run 26.2 miles, no big, we also did a lot of sharing updates on Instagram and YouTube and on the blog of our journey. The tagline was find yourself, find your finish line. And I just loved working with them. The project was just very motivating and awesome and exciting. And I loved every part of it. This year, they put together a team of teachers from all over the U.S., and there are a couple that are from Southern California as well, and I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to meet with two of them and answer all of their questions, and it got me very excited because I, surprisingly enough, love talking about running and eating. I'm being sarcastic. I have tried to, I'm obviously pursuing this very aggressively and actively for a long time. Um, but it got me very fired up and it reminded me of all of the things that I wanted to share with you because, like I said, there are some unique things about the Boston Marathon that you have to keep in mind, even if you have run several other races. And I think that the things that are unique about the race are actually super interesting to people who aren't necessarily runners even because it's just historical and a super awesome athletic event. 
So I put together a list of some of the things that are unique about the Boston Marathon. First, it's the world's oldest annual marathon. It started in 1897. There's just so much history there. And it got to be so popular that now there are qualifying times. You have to run a certain pace to be able to qualify for the race. And that depends on age and gender. I didn't qualify when I ran last year. You can get a bib through sometimes running with the charity or with the company. And I ran with the company. I ran with Highlands and they asked me to. I didn't pursue that. I've mentioned in the past as well that it is important to me to qualify for Boston one day and I am not there yet. It's something that I wanted to do before being asked to do that. And It's still on the to-do list, but if you saw the way my life is organized and my to-do list, you wouldn't hold your breath about it. Next, it starts late in the day compared to most races, so you need to factor that into your fueling, your hydration, um, just kind of your usual race day prep. You need to keep that in mind. But... Even though it starts late in the day, you have to get to the athlete's village pretty early still. So you are waiting around, just kind of waiting for your corral to be called to go to the starting line for hours race day. And again, you need to plan accordingly. And I have a awesome list to know what to pack. The planning involved in all of this includes things like you know, what you're bringing for fuel, what you're going to wear before the race, anything that you need on your person, anything you're going to carry with you to be able to run a strong race. So I have a list, like I said, I'll run it repeat to get a very thorough race morning kit list of things that you must have. Next, it's on a Monday, which is kind of unique. It's always held on Patriots Day, a Monday, And a lot of Bostonians actually either, I don't know if they take the day off or they just get the day off because it's Patriots Day. I don't think we get the day off around here. But there are a ton of people off of work ready to support the runners. And speaking of that, the crowds are amazing. And I've kind of spoke to this when I talked to Steve a couple weeks ago on the podcast about how the New York City Marathon is very like that, that the crowds are just awesome. Boston is the same. And it is not always the case when you are traveling from point A to point B covering over 26 miles that there is going to be crowd support the entire way. And for this race, there definitely is. Next, one of the very kind of legendary, iconic things about the Boston Marathon is Heartbreak Hill. And I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but obviously Heartbreak Hill is going to be a very challenging part of the course, you would assume. And I just want to share that it is challenging, but that is mostly because of where it comes in the race and becomes there's it comes late in the race when you're already tired and there's kind of a series of hills and it seems it doesn't seem super steep. It seems very long, like it just keeps going and you're just done. So a big part of it is that. It is late in a race when it's already been a long day and you're kind of already getting tired. And then you have this kind of long hill, which is obviously very heartbreaking. And I want to just share and encourage really runners are people that are going out 
to support their runners that are running this race. The last mile of the Boston Marathon is unlike anything that you might experience in your life. There is just so much crowd support. It is really like that kind of fake entire stadium cheer, like, ah, you know, that the just buzz of just an entire stadium full of people cheering that is so awesome. The last mile is like that. And it's just so motivating and so inspirational that really, even if you feel like you cannot go anymore or you've hit a wall, it pumps you up. I promise this because I really was having a hard time before that, like late in the race, probably mile 21, 22, 23, 24, 25.5. No, but probably for all of the 20s, actually, of that race, I was just having a really hard time and taking a lot of walking breaks. And once I got to a point where I kind of saw the crowd and felt them, oh my gosh, it was super awesome. So enjoy that. If you're running the race, just soak that in because it's a very unique and awesome kind of part of the race. Now, I have a complete packing list in the show notes, so you can go check that out. I'm not going to go down through the list and name everything because really, I feel like you need to see it anyways and you need to go through it as you are packing. But I do want to share some tips specifically for the Boston Marathon for race day morning and things that you have to have. You definitely want to lay out all your clothes the night before and put together your race morning kit. And with race morning kit, I kind of mean the bag that you are going to take with you on the bus or however you are getting to the starting line area. You want to include with that fuel, toiletries, a lot of other stuff. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a second. You also want to plan and communicate all of the race day logistics with your spectators. If there's anyone actually going to the race or people, you know, kind of following along at home, let them know what time you're starting, your expected finish time. They can definitely track you. If they are in person, though, you want to plan where to meet up after because as someone who has run over 30 marathons and some of these races, I have met with someone afterwards, right? It's not fun to have to use your brain and your body to get somewhere far away from the finish line after you've already been running for four hours, at least in my case. So planning for that is extremely helpful. And like I said, you want to remember that you're going to be waiting around for a couple of hours. So you need to factor that into what you're wearing, what you're eating, what you're doing. And let me speak to why that is such a big deal. In this list, I made a list, a separate list outside of the packing list for the Boston Marathon race morning must-haves. And this applies as well to the New York City Marathon because New York City is similar in that you need to get I was going to say bust. I took a bus when I did the New York City Marathon, but you could also take a boat, actually, or maybe you can take a helicopter and be lower down. I don't know how much that would cost, but if you have the means to do that, definitely hit me up and let me ride along with you because you're obviously loaded. But the Boston Marathon and the New York City Marathon are races where, and this it's not unique to these two races, but 
a race where you need to take some sort of transportation to the starting line. What is kind of unique about these two races is that I feel like you kind of are waiting around for a while before the actual start because they are clearing the course, making it sure everything is ready to go. And you end up just hanging out without your normal things that you might potentially need. So you need to pack and plan accordingly. And that's why I made this list of must-haves. And I want to go through it because these are some of the things that the girls asked me about that I just feel were game changers in that I knew, (laughs) I was going to say I'm very high maintenance, but I'm really not. But um, in terms of race day, I know like I don't want to be cold and I don't want to be hungry. So I'm good about planning for these things. So here's the list. Let me go through it with you. Okay, first, you want to make sure that you have the correct running gear from head to toe. So you want to plan everything that you are going to have on your body, not just clothes. I am talking a hat or a visor, sunglasses, sunblock, because that is on your body, right? And go all the way down And just make sure that you have all of the gear that you need, including things like a fuel belt and a watch, and that it is appropriate for the weather and that it is with you and that all of these things will be broken down in the packing list. But this is why you want to lay everything out the night before just to double check. Next, you're going to want some sort of pre-race gear to throw away, depending on the weather This might be more important some days than others, but if it is a cold morning and you are starting out towards the finish line pretty early in the day, so it's oftentimes a lot colder than it's going to be, you want to pack something that you are willing to just kind of get rid of. And I call it throwaway gear, but really it ends up being donated. A lot of races donate the things that runners leave behind to places like the Goodwill or other charities. And if you have stuff at home that you were kind of going to donate anyway, you don't really want to wear anymore, but you can wear for this. If it works, that is awesome. You want to factor in what the weather is going to be pre-race, right? So what kind of gear do you want for your throwaway gear? And then, like I said before, what you want for the time that you're actually running. So factor all of this in and plan it and pack it along with you. Next, you need to plan your pre-race fuel and double it or more. I was going to say multiply it. It kind of depends, obviously, on your body and your needs. But you want to stick with not trying anything new on race day. You still want to eat what you're used to eating before races or long runs. But there is a lot more time, most likely, between when you wake up and when you start running than normal. So factor that in. Factor in the fact that if you normally are just having just, (laughs) I was going to say a bagel with peanut butter and a banana, like just no big. But if that's what you normally eat before a race, you're going to have a lot more time. You might need to have that twice or you might need to have some sort of normal breakfast and then some pre-run meal. And you need to take that with you because you're hanging out in the athlete's village and there is nothing really else that you can get access to in terms of food and fuel and those types of things. So you need to pack a one gallon clear plastic bag to carry your food items. And this is something that I did anyway. I didn't know that this was kind of their 
it's part of the official rules that you can only bring with you into the athlete's village a clear plastic bag to carry your food and any drinks. It helps with obviously security and getting everyone through. But I just did it because I was like, I need to make sure that I have the appropriate fuel and hydration. This cannot like be missed. This is a priority for me. And what I do is I I do this when I'm traveling in general. I use a clear gallon um, plastic bag for my running gear in terms of like my any fuel that I'm going to have during the race and my sunglasses, my watch, my watch charger, an extra baggie, my headphones. I use a baggie for my phone because even if I am using a fuel belt and I don't always, that is waterproof, I sweat at a level that is probably a medical condition. And so I don't need to break my phone. So I put it in a baggie. Fun fact. Um, so I always have a plastic bag with me and I actually have a really good giveaway tomorrow. So you got to come back or check out the blog tomorrow and Instagram for that because it is going to be super awesome. And one of the things I, um, this is the one I'm most excited about. There's a ton of super awesome stuff, um, like a runner, just awesomeness gift pack. One of the things that is in this gift pack is a gallon sized plastic bag and a Sharpie. Because one of the things that I do, probably the only thing that I do that is semi-organized and on top of life is I write on that bag everything that needs to go in there. And so I will write visor, sunglasses, baggy, earphones, Garmin, fuel, whatever. I write that on there so that when I glance at the bag, I know, all right, cool. It has everything that I need. And as I'm putting things in there, I know for sure that I have all of the other kind of non-clothing items that I need before the race. And you can do the same thing with the fuel that you are taking because you need what you're going to eat before the race. And also, of course, if you are bringing your own gels, chews, electrolytes, all of that needs to go in that bag. Next, if you need any personal care items or sunblock, lip gloss with an SPF or chapstick or anti-chafing balm, tampons, medication, anything like that, you want to make sure that you have and you want to plan for that, right? And there is also a kind of size limit for the fuel belt that you are bringing with you. I pulled it up. Fanny pack, no larger than five by 15 by five. If you have a fanny pack, more power to you. But I use a stay fit running belt. Next, rain poncho. And I don't know why I just made that noise, but I'm excited about it because this is one of those other kind of genius hacks that I have done for a long time because you can use a trash bag too. Actually, a lot of people do that. First, if you are traveling for a race, you want to bring these things from home because you most likely know where to get it that is cheaper. If you end up running into CVS and paying $9 for a damn poncho when you could have got one for $2 at your local whatever market, you're going to be pissed at yourself. And that's no way to hang out in life. So even if you don't end up using it, a lot of the stuff that I'm suggesting, I would say pack it. And if you decide, you know what? I don't need it. Cool, bro. Save it for another time. But the poncho or a trash bag that that works as well but it's hard to find a random trash bag 
at a hotel because most of the little wastebasket cans are very small. So the trash bags are too small. Trust me, because I've forgotten this before and tried to hunt around a hotel looking for a trash bag. And that is a weirdo thing to do. But you don't need to wear it. Sometimes people wear it to keep dry or warm, but you could also just use it to sit on or you can wave it around as your personal flag and make up a song because you're going to be hanging out for so long, you're going to get delirious and weird. You could use it as make a hat if you're bored, fashion a little tent, use it as a blanket. I don't even know, but I'm just saying there are many uses for a poncho. <laughs> especially when you have too much damn time on your hands like I do. Next, and this is one of the other things that is going to be in the gift pack, is a portable phone charger that is already charged, first of all, and second of all, that you are willing to either carry with you for 26.2 miles or are willing to throw away because you don't want to carry it for that long. So that decision is up to you. But this is really important because before the race, you're just hanging out. If you don't have a running buddy or you don't make a friend or you just like to spend all your time texting your best friend random selfies, your phone battery is going to die. And if you want to use your phone to take pictures during the race or after the race, if you are using your phone to listen to music or to update social media and that battery starts dying, you're going to freak out. And let me tell you that that's how I was. And I realized this before the race. And I actually went the day before the race running all around Boston looking for a charger for my phone. And that was not easy to do because at the time I had the Google phone, I think. And it had one of those, it just had a unique charger that was not just randomly at the little corner stores that we went into. And that was very frustrating. Um, So I'm telling you now that if having access to a very charged up battery is important to you, like it is to me, you want to bring some sort of mobile charger and check it out. Try to, you know, get a cheap one potentially because personally for me, I would probably just put it in the donation area because I am the worst. I cannot carry anything that I don't. I'm already carrying enough weight. You know, like this is how God made me. He didn't make me look like a gazelle. So I tried to streamline the things I carry on my person to keep it just that much easier, that many ounces easier for myself. So I would probably not want to carry it with me. But if you do, you are definitely a better person than me. But we've already established that, I'm pretty sure. And I just think it's a good idea. And then you can send me pictures of all the fun. And finally, you want to bring your A game. This is it. You are running the Boston Marathon. Show up and do your best. Show the hell up. And this is true for every race. Show up. And you know what? A lot of things happen over the course of training for a race, whatever race it is. If you're running your first 5K or you are going for a goal in your half marathon or if you're running the Boston Marathon, whatever it, or if you're running in costume, a 10K dressed as a pineapple, God bless it, whatever it is show up, do your best and have fun. Enjoy it. Take it in. These things are going to pass you by and you're going to 
want to talk about them and remember them. And it is hard to kind of stop and smell the roses as you are actually trying to run and you don't smell like roses. At least I'm speaking for myself there. But try to remember you are doing something awesome. It was a long journey to get there and you deserve this and you deserve to do your best and to stay positive, which is not always easy to do, but we are very, very lucky to be able to run. And we are very, very lucky to be able to have the means to pay money to run races. It is such an awesome, very fortunate life situation. If you are have the means and the athletic ability and the health to run, do your best. And with that, I didn't even know I was going there. What's up with me today, right? And I wanted to remind you in the show notes today, there is the checklist for what you're going to pack, the pre-race kit for race day morning. And like I said, this applies to races where you are kind of traveling via boat, car, bus, however, to a starting line and kind of hanging out there for a while. So there's the kit list for that. And then the post-marathon bag, what you want to put in your checked gear too. So all of those lists are going to be on running repeat right now. So you can check it out. And now it's time for the awards. I actually don't know who this award goes to today. It's kind of part confession, part story, part luck. I don't even know. But last year, when I went to the Boston Marathon Expo, I saw those very iconic Boston Marathon jackets that it's kind of like part of the rite of passage. I definitely think it is just more awesome than kind of the medal or this other thing that you get from a race is this jacket that shows that you are part of this club that is a Boston Marathon runner. And it's just a very big deal and a huge honor. But I was torn about buying it for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't qualify for the race. So I felt like I didn't deserve it. But I was very conflicted because I know I'm going to qualify And I figure I'm not actually going to go back and run the race when I do because of logistics and how much it costs. It just, I'm most likely not going to. So this is my chance to get this jacket. Also, it's very expensive. And the checkout line is very long. The expo is crazy in that area. Um, And I just was kind of like back and forth with it and ultimately decided no. I'm not going to get the jacket. I don't think I should. Maybe I'll come back the next day and get it. But it was just like that day. I was like, I don't feel like I should. I don't feel it it was really like this weird thing. Like, I don't feel like I deserve it. I don't know. It was weird. And that was that. And I intended on going back the next day. And we did. But it was for an event. I was hanging out with my friend Chandra. I forgot what happened. But we ended up having to leave and do something else. And I didn't end up buying the jacket. And I was okay with that. I felt like this is probably how it was supposed to be, right? I didn't get the chance to buy it. And I just thought, well, that's for the best. I probably shouldn't have had it. Cut to a couple of things. One, a couple of weeks ago, Highland asking me if I would meet with 
a couple of the team members and answer the questions and, you know, kind of have this share my tips and have this like little fun meeting of just being positive and kind of giving them some of my insight from my experience. Right. And I was, you know, doing my thing, living my life a couple of days later. And I was at Marshall's and I saw the Boston Marathon jacket from last year, the 2017 Boston Marathon jacket, the year that I ran it. Um, A fun little fact, it's a blue jacket, it's Boston blue, and it has every year they do a different color, like around near the shoulder. So I knew right away without even seeing where it was embroidered, it was the jacket from my year, the year I did it. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, what are the odds of this? This is too much. First of all, the jacket is over $100 normally. And now I'm chilling at Marshall's. And well, I'm not chilling there, you guys. I'm not chilling. But I do probably spend an odd amount of time because I just take my damn time at a store. At all stores, though. I really like to do that. Anyways, back to this topic. I think it was $30. I think it was $29.99. I'm pretty sure. It might have been $39.99. You know how they get you with the $99, so you're more distracted by that. Anyways, but it was less than half of what I was going to pay. And I just felt like it was just meant to be. It was just like, I okay, yeah. Like this jacket basically showed up at my house. The jacket found me. It was funny because I told um, one of the guys from the Highlands team, I was telling the girls this after I met them towards the end, we're saying bye. And we were talking about the jacket. They were talking about whether or not they were going to buy it. And I was like, okay. And I kind of didn't want to tell them because I thought, I think they should buy the jacket. I think it's super awesome and special. I think everyone should. And I know they were kind of conflicted as well because they haven't qualified. They're running with Highlands, but I just thought they should get it. And I didn't want to tell them, do you really want to tell someone like, Hey, you're going to go in a couple of weeks and you should definitely buy this. And it's going to cost $140. And I just got it for $40, but you should buy it. I just didn't want to rain on the parade, but I was like, this is too weird. And I felt weird not saying it. Like I was lying or something, even though they didn't like straight up ask. I just had to say. And also I'm like an oversharer, right? We we all know this. But I just want to share this award with everyone that this the jacket found me and I'm so glad I got it and it just was the most awesome little coincidence that I just needed to share that little story. Shout out to Marshalls, shout out to Boston, shout out to Highlands, shout out to Jesus, shout out to me, shout out to Vegas, shout out to the girls, all of that. Shout out to everyone. Everyone gets part of the award, right? You get a word, you get a word, you get a word. But I hope that some of this was helpful. Maybe some of it was entertaining. Maybe some of it helped pass the time as you're supposed to be doing something else, but I'm not going to judge you. And if you have a question for me, you can leave it via voicemail on the running repeat voicemail line, or you can email me at runeatrepeat at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. I think that's where everyone's hitting me up lately. And I am taking over the Highland Instagram today. And I think they are, I'm pulling it up right now, Highlands Powered. So you can 
check me out there and also um, follow at Run It Repeat because I have that super awesome giveaway. And if you need any of the packing lists, race day kit lists, all of those reminders, you can check out the show notes for all of that. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode of this randomness and running and eating because it's kind of fun, right? Anyways, I hope you'll learn something and have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.